This is Marcia Stonehill with Melty Ice. Today on Operation Flow, I have with me Sean Lipson. Sean is a physical therapist assistant and a licensed massage therapist, and he trained specifically in the John F. Barnes approach to myofascial release, and he's here to share with us a little bit about all of this. So Sean, thank you so much for being with us today. No problem. Glad to be here. So myofascial release, what is that? Um, it is a manual therapy technique. Um, there's a lot of different forms of it, and a lot of people have heard of Rolfing. That's a very popular one, or structural integration. Um, those are more traditional forms of quote-unquote myofascial release, but um, what it is essentially is our body is covered with connective tissue um, called fascia, and for a long time in a lot of anatomy and physiology classes and in traditional, you know, the traditional approach to medicine, the fascia is just the connective tissue sheath um, that you cut away from the muscle, um, you know, during dissections, things like that. You might know it as the silver skin on, you know, if you've ever Mm -hmm. had chicken cutlets or any piece of meat. Right. Um, It's a protective layer of tissue. But what we're finding is it's actually a lot more than that and is responsible for a lot of different types of musculoskeletal pain. Even It can even cause, you know, pain in the nervous system. Um, We think of things like carpal tunnel, radiculopathy, which is symptoms down a limb, like an arm or a leg, that usually stems from, you know, the back or the neck, somewhere in there. Um, But we're finding uh, it's responsible in a lot of different pain conditions um, that people suffer with every day. Okay. Now this is, so this would be like a specialty within physical therapy? Yeah, it's a specialty, you know, within physical therapy, um, within massage therapy, a lot of body work modalities in general. We're targeting the fascial system specifically rather than just isolating muscle groups and treating that muscle. Um, The fascia surrounds everything, not just all of our muscles, but bones, nerves, blood vessels, every structure in our body is surrounded by fascia. There's a ton of it. Right. So um, given there's so much of it, it's not surprising that it can influence so many systems all at once. And it's a completely continuous system of tissue from head to toe. Right. So there's no breaks in that system at all. Right. So it's one, it's like a bodysuit underneath the skin. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So now, in this regard, when what has been your experience in working with people? Uh, when is a person? When is it appropriate for a person to explore whether myofascial release might be the right treatment approach for them? Um, well, a lot of times uh, we see patients, um, you know, practitioners of myofascial release, specifically this approach. We usually see patients um, when they've, quote-unquote, tried everything else um, to no avail. Maybe drugs, you know, other types of manual modalities, you know, different types of massage, a lot of times multiple rounds of traditional physical therapy, different types of therapeutic exercise, etc., um, they may get some results or no results or 
they might get results, but they just don't last. They might last mm-hmm. hours, days, maybe a few weeks, but then their problem chronically seems to come back. We do see a lot of patients that um, are in that scenario um, that have just thrown everything at it and they're just at their wits end and, you know, nothing's working. And a lot of times, you know, before surgery too, people are generally, I find, you know, in my patient population and where I work over at Changing Paces here in King George, um, with Andy Cardwell, who's also a trained John Barnes, John Barnes therapist, um, people are apprehensive to get surgery, obviously. Sure. Um, not that surgery is no good or anything like that. Of course, it, it, it has its place and it can definitely help fix a lot of problems, but typically people are a little bit weary before they go under the knife and they sure. want to try everything that they absolutely could have tried before, you know, the final resort of surgery. And a lot of times we get patients in that scope. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see people after surgeries too. It's great for, you know, working scar tissue and post surgical trauma so to speak um you know scar tissue is just very fibrous and turns out is also really thick strands of fascia so we can treat that too and um we see a lot of great results with post-op patients because we're able to gently work that tissue but still get in, get really deep into the system and um, influence that scar tissue formation in a way that is healthier so it's not so unorganized and tough and restricting. Right. right. So, you know, there's some, a lot, it's not uncommon. You know, we get a lot of patients that make great progress even with MFR post-surgery as okay. well. So, yeah. yeah. So we see a lot of different patients, you know, mm-hmm. chronic pain, fibromyalgia. Um, Annie herself will see, she sees a lot of women's health patients with incontinence issues or maybe um postpartum or perinatal you know pain yes. or and things like that so there's there's just so many uses um for this this approach and it's it's great now there's some connection as well uh, what is your your insight and understanding what teaching have you had as far as uh, just how trauma emotional trauma might play into uh, muscular tension and, right, right. and these sort of things. I know this becomes a more complicated yeah, it area. Does, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, it does get into a little bit of a deeper dimension when we bring that aspect into it, the mind-body complex, so to speak, which, you know, um, some people believe in it more than others, um, and that's fine. Um, we've seen on, you know, I can account many times where I've treated patients and we've seen that mind-body connection sort of start to come in. And a lot of times, you know, when something traumatic happens um, emotionally or physically, um, even if it's a physical injury, there is an emotional response, you know, say something like a car accident, something like that. Um, You know, we usually experience fight or flight. Sure. Um, and, you know, what, what happens is um, that actually is a response of our nervous system. And the way emotions feed into that uh, nervous system complex is, you know, not entirely fully scientifically understood by our standards, but um, as, you know, in the Western societies. But um, when we have an emotional response, it 
of course, triggers a nervous system response. So it usually, what's going to happen is the sympathetic nervous system kicks on. And that's the part of our nervous system that is responsible for the fight or flight. When you get that adrenaline rush, um, fight, flight, freeze, we call it. You know, you have three choices. You can either fight, you can run away, flight, or you can freeze. Um, You know, you look at an animal that's maybe being preyed upon by, you know, a lion or something like and what what you'll see a lot of times is the first thing the animal does is it freezes. Right. It hopes that, you know, the predator won't see it. Right. Um next it'll run. <laughs> if it gets caught, obviously it's going to try to fight. And people do the same thing. Um you know, a lot of times when a traumatic event happens, we tend to freeze. Um you know, a lot of times you'll see I can't tell you how many times you I've heard people, oh my gosh, you know, I was in this accident um, and I totally forgot until right now, but, you know, working that area, all of a sudden they remember maybe a position in space they were in or an emotion they felt um, mm. or an image of that event that they may have previously forgotten about because it was in the subconscious mind right. starts to come out and they make that connection. And a lot of times when we're working areas of the body that are affected or injured from traumatic events, um, when we start to delve into that tissue depth, um, it's not uncommon for that conscious memory to arise for people uh, spontaneously. And um, how that scientifically happens, we're not exactly sure, but the phenomena occurs a lot. Um, You know, and it even starts to reflect through the body through subconscious movement patterns, um, what we call unwinding um, in myofascial release. So the body moves itself, um, and oftentimes it'll reach positions of past trauma um, that usually are not consciously accessed. But once a patient is able to kind of let go uh, mentally, what we call moving from channel 5 into channel 3, that more you know, meditative, intuitive state of the mind, that quieter part of the mind where it's not the hamster on the wheel thinking and judging and and just all that chatter we typically tend to have. And we allow the body to take over and just settle into the work of what's happening. We start to, you know, the potential is there to find these positions in space. And the body knows what to do itself. So um, that's how emotions can, and, and some of these physical ailments can come out in unwinding we'll even have i have had people have emotional releases on the table of old emotions that come up um now Mm -hmm. uh in the treatment right here right now Mm -hmm. and um that gets trapped in the tissue and when we access that layer of restriction if a patient is open and willing and ready enough to go into that space within their being they can they can experience that exactly (laughs) they can unwind they'll experience that deep deeper release than just oh the muscle let go um so i think part of what i'm hearing you say is that if a person feels comfortable enough to allow themselves to experience whatever emotion might arise as they're as you're working on them it can be um very complementary to the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it can um, it can create a perhaps a deeper and more long lasting release. Exactly. It's not just it's not just a physical release and unwinding of the physical tissue. 
but it's also just an unwinding of emotion that you may have thought you were done with or didn't even have any idea you were holding on to. Right, right. But somehow, like you said, that we don't even can't even scientifically explain it arises right. in this work. And if you can if you can work with that and release it, you have a much greater outcome. Exactly. I mean, it, there's, um, you know, I guess it's more becoming more common now. Um, the awareness of, you know, energy and how energy works um, yes. within us as, as, as living beings. And, yes. you know, when you experience something traumatic, there is an energy signature associated with that. And yes. how that energy flows through your body, you know, your nervous system is, is revved up. Um, there's a whole list of physiological responses that just go with that. Increased heart rate, um, release of, you know, stress hormones, um, and all these things biochemical and bioelectric phenomena that are occurring um that gets trapped in the fascial system a lot of times and um what we're discovering about the fascial system is it actually in many ways works as like our body's fiber optic system you can almost think of it as like the verizon fios of our body so there it's it's hollow microtubules little hollow strands of tissue um, when you look at it really closely under a microscope, um, it almost resembles, I always tell people, it kind of looks like dog drool or sticky, spi- <laughs> sticky spider web. It's very right. fluid and clear and it's it's viscous on the inside and it's, it's mostly yes. fluid surrounded by collagen. Yeah. So um, what it's actually able to do because of that is um, it, it can conduct nerve signal a lot faster than nerves can. Um, for example, a nerve conducts signal right. at about 150 feet or so per second, if I recall correctly. The fascial system is doing that at about 700 feet per second. Oh, so wow. it's much faster. Um, it can pick up a nerve signal and take that impulse and spread it around, you know, send it where it needs to go right. much quickly, much quicker than the nerve can. So we're, what we're actually finding too is that neuro connection, that neurological connection to the fascial system. Because obviously, as I stated before, the nervous system is surrounded in fascia. So, right. um, and the fascia has a, a fluid crystalline matrix type of formation. So um, what that allows for is faster transmission of nerve impulses, biochemicals like hormones um it helps cells communicate with each other right and when when the fascial system gets restricted and becomes less fluid and more solid um it's harder for anything to get anywhere in the body because you know what was once a nice fluid passageway is now becoming essentially a cement wall so you know cells can even get trapped in, they get trapped in their own waste they're not taking up as much water nutrition oxygen things like that so it, it really can work down to a cellular level and connecting that back to our conscious awareness you know i mean subconsciously like when that energy is is getting stuck in the body mm-hmm. it's get that it's getting trapped in the tissue yes. um and so being able to restore the viscosity and the fluidity of that system again allows things to move out of where they're trapped. So it's very fascinating. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really there's a lot of great research coming out in the field of you know physical medicine and looking at the fascial system. Um, 
one one person that really has been doing a lot of work is Dr. Jean-Claude Gimberteau. He's a French hand surgeon. And he, um, just through doing surgery, started noticing the nature of the fascial system, living fascia. You know, looking at it when it's alive is much different than, you know, on a cadaver when, like I said earlier, how it was always just the stuff you cut away from the muscle to get to the muscle. But when it's living, it's a lot different. And it, you, watching that tissue behavior, he became fascinated with it and he started, um, doing a lot of research in that and, we're getting a, a lot of information. They do a whole fascial symposium, you know, every year. I think it's every year in the in the United Kingdom, where a bunch of just medical researchers, scientists, you know, physiologists, they are actively researching and discussing these topics and delving further into the fascial system. I really think it's going to be the future of of medicine. Um, and John tells us that all the time right. at, the, at the seminar series, like this is going to be the future of healthcare because yes. it's a system that we've so widely ignored, but is essentially the largest system in our, in our body for all intents and purposes. I mean, like I said, it surrounds every cell. I mean, there's so much of it. It yes. almost, it, it would raise the question. It must have some importance. Why is there so much of it? If it isn't important. Right. So it does a lot more than just protect us in, in, you know, in our, our bodily structures and space. You know? Right. It, it, it has a lot more to it. Yes. Yes. It's so another question that I have is in this regard, you're speaking about different physical trauma that people mm-hmm. might've experienced and the emotions that came with that. Is there any type of connection? Did um, did you learn anything in your studies as far as, say, if people endured emotional trauma at any point in their life? Yeah, Other yeah. Criticism or just yeah, you know. yeah. Um, you know, we're not exactly sure. Like you said, how um, the exact mechanism, like whether it be some form of quantum physics, or we're not sure how that gets trapped into the tissue memory, but it, it does. Um, it, it definitely seems to be the case. Um, I've had people unwind on the table that, yeah, it wasn't a physical trauma that occurred to them. It was, it, it was, you know, an emotional right trauma that happened. And right. however that energetically translates, you know, into the physical body, um, it, it, it does somehow. We're not, like I said, we're not exactly sure how that actually scientifically happens, right. but we know it is a phenomena. But one thing with this work is, like I said, it, it does come back to the mind body connection. You know, a lot of times, you know, what's happening in our mind will eventually reflect in our bodies. Absolutely. Um, and we can even, I mean, if you, if you really, thinking of the most simple forms of stress, driving to work every day, things like that. Um, How does that physiologically uh, reflect in our tissues? Well, I mean, even even just think of your posture when you're stressed. You know, your shoulders are probably hunched. You're probably bracing your body. You might be clenching your jaw. Right. Um, You're creating bracing patterns in the neuromuscular system, in the fascial system. That's all tied together. So when an emotional event is happening, like, you know, whether it be some type of abuse or trauma... Um, the death of a loved one. Exactly, death um, of a loved one. There's, there's, there's a, I mean, exactly. There's, there's so many things, things that happen in our lives that right. you know that are stressful or you know just scary or yes. you know, yes, horribly sad. Um, yeah. But that comes. We know that comes with a response in the nervous system, and it comes with a biochemical response, and those things get trapped in the tissue and they're 
that energy that is released during those biological processes even are part of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that shows how, I mean, that's an example of how our emotions like are literally connected to our body. Um, You know, there's, there's an emotional response that creates a physical response. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, um, the tissue is, is responding as well. And it, it remembers the tissue will remember. Yeah. said we call that tissue memory. And you know, it, it, uh, I always use, like I said, I always use the car accident example. I had a, I had a a client one time, um, who she was in her seventies and she went into a full unwinding on the table. Her, you know, she was, her body was going into all sorts of positions in space. Um, and after the session, she she said she during the treatment she remembered a um, an accident she had at the age of nineteen, mm. where she crashed her car into a gas pump, um, and told the car <laughs> um, she miraculously like walked away from it. But um, it was interesting too to to see to hear that because when when she was unwinding, she was going into some very seemingly contorted positions that you know it just how could a person achieve this position but as therapists what we do is we just at that point our job is to kind of just get out of the way so to speak and not try to force anything to happen or not happen just basically we play anti-gravity machine and we're just allowing the body to find the positions it needs to find because when someone takes the brakes off mentally and they're not worried about like oh does this look weird or like Oh, God forbid I cry or, right. you know, um, what if someone thinks I'm like possessed, like, <laughs> you know, whatever they, they may think those, those, you know, anxious thoughts that people tend to have when, yes. when you can take the brakes off and let go and just allow your body to respond, you'd be amazed, um, what, what it does. Um, Absolutely. it's almost, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people seem to be skeptical of unwinding, especially in their first few treatments, until sure. they until it happens to them. Right, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Wow, that was the most releasing thing I've ever experienced." Right, um, and it really just comes down to taking the brakes off, yes, <laughs> and allowing that to happen. And in yeah. that regard, it's you know, letting go of, like you said, our our mind is what can get in the way because mm-hmm. of our fears of yeah. You know yeah. what's going to happen if I just let my body do what it's trying to do right, here. Right, right, And the other thing I think I was hearing you say earlier too is just that this whole uh, fascia—it's—it's it's another very complex sensory system. Absolutely. You know, we we know we talk about the five senses. Mm-hmm. You know, our eyes and mm-hmm. smell and taste and hearing and these things, but. Uh, it seems like we're awakening more and more to a completely different sensory system that's aware of things that we are also um, researching more and therefore yeah. becoming yeah. more aware of yeah. ourselves yeah. of how to use this system inside ourselves. Yeah, it's a pretty remarkable inner space within our body, so to speak, because, I mean, it's it's in every living animal has fascia. So, I mean, this right. is, this, this system has existed for, you know, millions and millions of years. And only now right. we're even starting to scratch the surface of uncovering what it, what it does, um, for our bodies, both physically and, you know, energetically or emotionally speaking. I mean, 
Um, you know, like I said, a lot of people, sometimes it, <laughs> people might consider it getting kind of like woo-woo and out there or new age or um, what have you. But, um, you know, I always tell people with it, I always let the work speak for itself. You know, right. you don't, um, if you're willing to just be open to the possibility, sure. um, you know, letting, let go of whatever models you might have of what what reality is or what what is possible or isn't possible um and go just go a little bit deeper i mean the the great thing about this work is it's never going to hurt you it's so gentle if, if it's being done correctly it's not going to injure you so the worst case scenario like john always says in the seminars you know, with, especially when you take that first one and you're seeing people unwind and sometimes I remember my first one, I was thinking, like, this almost seems staged, you know? Like, like oh, wow. it's like, this can't really be happening until I had a patient unwind for the first time. Right. And I was like, wow, okay. Like, that, I've never, there's been no form of massage or body work that I've ever done that has elicited this type of response. And, right. Um, he always says, like, going back to what I was saying, like, first class, you know, when you're first getting into the work, you're, you tend to be apprehensive, like, oh, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And he always says, get out of your way. You know, okay. you're, you're, you're the one that's blocking your own ability to do this work. It's so simple. It's so intuitive. There's no formula to it. it the worst case scenario, nothing happens. Right. Because it's not going to hurt anybody. Right. So the worst case scenario, nothing happens. Like, right. you know, nothing happens. It's it's not a big deal. You've got nothing to lose. Yes. Um, and once you get out of your own way with the work, like I said, there is no formula. It's not a matter of, okay, first we're going to treat your shoulder, and then we'll treat this area, and then we treat that area. It's, it's, it's just listening to what the body's saying. It's just softening your focus and, um, you know, starting in an area. And a lot of times what happens is people will feel pain referring from one area to another. You know, I might be pulling, doing a gentle arm pull on someone and suddenly they say, I feel that in my hip. Right. And they might be feeling just this pain or any sort of sensation in some other area of the body, even if it's down to the tip of their toes, it, it can be anywhere. Um, it's the fascial system is, and everyone's restrictions are as unique as a fingerprint. So right. when we treat, we just follow those patterns. You know, that's kind of the body's way of saying, treat here next. There's a related line of pull here. So they would definitely, it would be important that they vocalize that. Right. You know? I always tell patients, even if it seems completely random or off base, like just let me know if you, especially if it's prominent, you're feeling this. We're doing these five, 10 minute holds. The, the time element is really important with this work. So like at any point in that, especially if it's during the, uh, a good portion of the amount of time we're working this area, you feel something somewhere else. Right. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, if something comes to your mind, even if it's not a physical feeling, but you just have a feeling like... For some reason, I feel like something's going on in my knee. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's listen. Let's go there next. It's, it's like I said, it's intuitive. So right. the more you think about it, the more you actually are blocking what's happening. Just, just be very present with the body. And I always tell my patients to just be very present with themselves, you know, during the treatment um, and just really feel into what's happening. Yes. Um, it's it's and when you do that it's remarkable what you, what you might uncover you know it's a lot of problems they they always tell us in the seminar you know like and as, as and we find this to be true the more and more we treat you know they say uh the the famous like one of the famous mfr sayings i would say is 
find the symptom, look elsewhere for the cause. Because just because your shoulder hurts or your knee hurts doesn't necessarily mean that's the problem. It could be stemming from somewhere else, and that's usually the case. Um, and that that holds pretty consistent yes. across the board when we treat. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like it's very rewarding work. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, it helps a lot of people get back to you know it, get their lives back. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it can bring a lot of improvement. Um, and there's there's you know there's a lot of a lot we don't know. Yeah. But, you know. Um, another thing John says all the time is. When someone go when the when a, if a patient or a, when a, if a therapist goes into the room thinking they know what they're doing, they have no idea what they're doing because you've already put a pre preconceived notion on what's going on. Oh, but you don't actually know until you put your hands on the patient and and be willing to explore like right. what's going on in the body here, right? Um, and just feel. Yes. Um. You know, there's no checklist. There's no formula. Right. Um. That's just throwing a model on something that you yes. know you don't know this person's body. You yeah. don't know you know, what, what they've gone through or what's happened to them or, you know, so or how can you suppress, right? So how can you possibly yeah. go in and, and just know, Oh, this is what's going on. Right. Um, you might be able to label a symptom complex, but that's just a label at the end of the day. Like, okay. Oh, okay. This is impingement syndrome or something like that. Okay. But what's causing that to happen? Right. You know, that's, yes. it's just naming and labeling symptoms, yes. which is a lot of times the, the trap we fall into in our medical model and in our society is it's just symptom. A lot of times it's symptom chasing yes. and we're just labeling symptoms and calling it a condition, mm -hmm. but you're just describing a, a, a bunch of symptoms mm -hmm. and, and it's not actually the root cause. This is a very holistic approach in the sense that like we're, we're looking at the whole body as a unit. It's yes. not, we're not segmentalizing it's a leg problem right. or it's an elbow problem right. or, you know, it's, it's more than that. And yes. a lot of times it starts right with just the alignment of the pelvic, the okay. pelvic area, the pelvis is, you know, when that's out of alignment, a lot of things go out of whack as a response, you know, sure. our body's going to try to compensate for that in gravity. Yes. So, you know, if you're higher on one side of your pelvis than another, well, that's probably going to cause some issues through the spine because your body's going to try to keep you more upright. So one leg doesn't feel longer than the other with that hiking of the hip so, or the pelvis. So, you know, next thing you know, ah, oh, my back hurts. Well, you don't do anything about it for a while. You keep going. Those those restrictions, the nervous system, the muscular system, the fascial system, the whole entire thing starts to tighten in other areas to compensate for other postural issues going on, bracing patterns, things like that. Next thing you know, ah, oh, I'm getting headaches all the time. My right. back hurts. I'm getting headaches all the time. You go to the doctor. Oh, uh, here's some muscle relaxers or a prescription for you know, your headache. Yep, you here's over. here's yeah. you know X Y Z. Um, you know, yeah, might help. You know, it might reduce your symptoms a little bit, but it's not fixing anything. It's just masking symptoms with a flexural or right. you know, here's a cortisone injection or right. you know, uh, traditional traditional therapy approaches is okay. You know. I call it shake and bake therapy. <laughs> you, know, bit. you go in, you get maybe 15 minutes of a little bit of massage or something. They run you through a bunch of exercises and you're out the door in an hour. It's like conveyor belt, you know, right. shake and bake. It's this cookie cutter approach. And I've had so many patients that have gone to therapy, done the whole spiel. And, you know, I even saw it, you know, when I was in school, it's what we were trained to do. And once I started getting into this work, I, I mean, I the, the results just, like I said, the results speak for themselves. Yes. I mean, when you start to really 
stop breaking the body down into so many parts and just look at it as a whole unit and look at what what's imba- what imbalances are happening here. You know, yes. is the pelvis higher on one side than another? Is is are the shoulder blades are they is one more forward than another? Is is you know a shoulder hiked up higher than another? Is you know is the person you know slightly twisted or rotated in space when they're standing like? you know, what's, what's going on there. Yes. You know, it's like, there's a lot of reasons you can have back pain. Yes. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So yeah. 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 Well, Sean, I really appreciate the educational information you've provided today. This is, this has been uh, an excellent conversation. I think there's probably a lot of people that have never even heard of myofascial release. Oh yeah. And yeah. I imagine based on the conversation they're hearing today, they're going to be Googling for a lot of people, they might be apprehensive at first, especially, you know, with talking about the whole, you know, psychoenergetic emotional component to the work. But, right. Um, I mean, there is, a lot of sound structural biological research into the system too that you know if if nothing else that's that's worth what's going on I mean, absolutely sometimes people will ask me why man these holds they, you know first session or two it's like these holds are a long time and what what is the reason for that because we're not gliding on the skin like with a massage we're not using lotions and things like that we're prolonged you know stretching and holding and, and compression or maybe even decompression of the tissue and um, you know, on a cellular level, there's a lot happening there. We're eliciting something called the, the piezoelectric effect. Um, you know, that's that's basically the, the generating of, an, of a bioelectric th- flow through gentle sustained pressure. Because um, most cells in our body, including the fascial system and, and you know, these tissues in our body, what they're, they're capable of something called mechanotransduction. So what that is is essentially the conversion of mechanical pressure into a bodily system, a cell or a tissue type that's then converted into electric or chemical energy. And that's what, that's the same mechanism that, you know, allows us to hear or, you know, mm-hmm. proprioception, be able to tell where we are in space. You know, that's why you can close your eyes and know that you're sticking your arm out to the left or to the right, or I, you can close your eyes and I can tap you on the shoulder and you'll know where I am because of our proprioceptors. And that's all, that's all a result of mechanotransduction. So that bioelectric flow from that gentle sustained pressure into the tissue, not only does it feel great, right. <laughs> But it's actually, we are creating a change in the state of the tissue. And that's, I guess, a big takeaway I'd say, too, is even physically, what makes this work different than going to a chiropractor or going to, you know, a massage therapist? What makes it different? Why do these these, um, treatments last longer than, you know, and produce a longer lasting result than some of these other ones? You know, you go to the chiropractor, you get adjusted, you walk out to the car and you're out of alignment again. What is going to make this stay? Right. And I'd say the time element is is the big important factor to that. And um, the fact that we are, through that piezoelectric effect, it's it's putting a phase, causing a phase transition in, into the fascial system where those more solid, restricted areas that, like I said earlier, like that concrete wall, now are becoming more viscous and fluid again. So the body is able to reshift and, and realign itself into a better order, a higher alignment that is more where it needs to be. And it will stay that way for a much longer time because we've now created a change in the state of the tissue. Yes. Um, whereas a lot of these 
other modalities, they're addressing the musculoelastic component of the tissue. So they're, so to speak, stretching that rubber band, but it's snapping right back. Right. We're actually changing that rubber band more into a liquid again. Right. So it's, it's able, your body's able to adjust and reorganize itself, essentially. And that's why it's not uncommon to get sore. A lot of times people will get sore or what we call a healing crisis after treatment, and they're surprised that I can't believe I got so sore. Right. I I felt like you were barely touching me. It's so gentle. But we're creating a deep change with that gentle touch. It's not. It doesn't have to be that digging deep tissue pressure. Right. Most of the time people are just tensing up on the table. You know, people come in, no pain, no gain, right? Just right. dig into it. But a lot of times, too, that that's actually just causing more guarding response because people are tightening up and bracing against it. You're not going to get a release that way. When you're right. gently sustaining pressure and, and just following that depth barrier of the tissue deeper and deeper over several minutes... Someone's actually, you're actually able to relax your body now. That's a big part of the letting go too, is it's, you're able to actually let your body relax and, and, you know, really just sink into the table. Mm -hmm. And that's what's allowing those tissues to actually start to relax and change their state and create a a lasting change in, in the tissue beyond just that superficial musculoelastic component. And so in that whole spiel, I guess that would be a big um, takeaway physically of what's happening and what makes this work different. You know, if you've had a ton of different types of therapy before and it just isn't working, you know, that is probably on a physical level a very big reason why. Um, and what we're doing that sets us, sets us apart even from other forms of myofascial release. The John Barnes approach is the most gentle um, and unique in its approach with that time element, which is and and that gentle, non-forceful approach. We never force, we never lead. Right. Um, during a session, so it it allows the patient to actually physically feel safe. Like you know, I, I can't tell you how many patients have had a therapist that cranked on their knee too hard after a knee replacement or something, trying to irk out that extra few degrees of range of motion right. by just really doing like a lot of overpressure and it hurts and they're, they're just tensing their knee up and they're, right. you know, in, in some cases it's inflaming it more. Right. Um, we're, we're not going to push past that barrier where the body says stop. Right. Cause that's the point where you need to wait and respect the body's boundaries and, let the body tell you when you can go a little bit more and you'll feel that softening in the tissue and you can yes. take it to it a little bit more into a new range. So that would be another big takeaway explanation of like what makes this work different. Beautiful. And that would be it. <laughs> so what I'm hearing too is just that for people who feel like you said at their wits end or like their situation is hopeless or that they're going to be stuck taking this particular medication forever, that mm-hmm. this is another mm-hmm. alternative yeah, yeah. that uh, is well worth a try because yeah. it certainly will not do more injury. And it's, yeah, it's very, not going to hurt. very well could be uh, tremendous and it's yeah, positive absolutely. response, absolutely. very life-changing mm-hmm. for people. So. Yeah, and, you know, the more you do it, the more, the more people just – they they look forward to their sessions you know yes. it's not it's not that old adage oh, pt stands for physical torture or pain <laughs> and torture i right. mean sure we can get into things that are sometimes uncomfortable or painful but we're always going to you know respect the body's boundaries and 
if a patient says halt or stop, you know, that's kind of, I guess you could call it a safe word in a session. There's an open dialogue with the therapist there too. If, if they, if they're not able to relax through it, I tell my patients all the time, if it's, how do they, how do you know, they'll ask sometimes, how do I know it's too much pressure? Or like, how do I know it's not just, it's a good pain. And right. I tell them the simplest way is if you're not able to just gently breathe and relax through the discomfort or the pain sensation you're feeling and it's making you tense, it's too much. We need to back off a little bit right. and just give your body more time in that in that position or barrier that we might be engaging. And then when that starts to soften more, then we can go just a little bit deeper and just nudge a little bit more and a little bit more. Right. So the patient, it allows the patient or the client to know that they have control of the session. Yes. They know that their body's not going to be hurt and they know that it's going to be kept within a comfortable limit for them. Right. Um, and the therapist isn't going to be sitting there trying to force, you know, what they want to happen right. onto the body. It's going to be the therapist as, as therapists were more receptive. Right. Um, so that, that gives the patient, you know, like I said, it gives them control and a feeling of like, safety during the session and there that's what allows a person to even mentally let go too yeah is it's holding a space for someone yeah um and that's where you know the work can get really interesting yes <laughs> yes yeah so are there any final wrap-up words you would want to put out there for anyone or um i guess you know if you're if you're looking <laughs> if you're looking for something that that you know is different you've tried everything if you're in a lot of pain or you know you've got a chronic fiber condition like fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome myofascial pain syndrome your post-surgery you know chronic yeah. pain acute pain all kinds of different conditions you know um and you are looking for something different a longer lasting change something that actually might have a chance at correcting the problem not just masking the symptoms um, like I said, I work here in King George. Um, I work at Changing Paces PC. We're a physical therapy clinic um, with Annie Cardwell. She's the PT there. Also, Julie Bergeria. She's another PT there um, that works with us. And, and we all do myofascial release. That's what makes our clinic a little bit different than the traditional therapy clinic is we approach with a with the myofascial release model of, of treatment rather than you know, your traditional shaking bake therapy, right. as I call it. Right. Um, I also practice in Fredericksburg. Right? I'm a licensed massage therapist, so I practice on my own in Fredericksburg. Um, what would be the best way for people to get in touch with you? Do you have... What is yeah, it? yeah. Um, so so to, to get in touch with Annie, um, our website is www.changingpacestherapy.com. Um, all of our contact info is there. Email, phone call, you can schedule... Um, for if you're in Fredericksburg and you're you know want something a little bit closer to there, and you um, you can contact me. My email is the Healing Connection MFR at gmail.com, all okay. one word. Um, and that's where I'm putting on my LMT cap in Fredericksburg for my physical therapist assistant cap here in King George. Gotcha. But, um, okay. So either way, there is a few options if you are in the Fredericksburg, King George, Spotsylvania, Northern Virginia area. Yep. Right. Yep. And that's the best way to get in touch with either one of us. <laughs> now, is there a one more thing then for people yeah. who may be listening even in a different state, you mm -hmm. know, um, is there a, or in different areas of Virginia, is there a 
a website for people who are certified in the myofascial release that they can yeah. go to to yeah. find practitioners in their right. area? So the, um, the John Barnes website, which is myofascialrelease.com, um, or you could just Google John, the John F. Barnes approach to myofascial release. The website will come right up. But there is a directory on there, too, where you can put in your zip code, and um, it'll find you a John Barnes-trained therapist close to your area that's okay. in the directory. So um, that's another way, yeah, if they're in another another state or just a, another region of, of Virginia, um, I would say hit the directory because <laughs> you will probably find someone. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> yep. yep. All right. Well, thank you again, Sean. We really appreciate all the information no you've problem. shared today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. It was great. <laughs>